Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paid in Full Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Rausch, and this is episode number 17. We're back again, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Really, really appreciate you guys. And also, I'm happy to say we hit the $1,000 mark on our donations to the Black Independent Artist and Musician Fund uh, we have going on right now. So thank you to everybody who's donated. If you haven't yet and you want to contribute, please go to paidinfullpodcast.com. You can donate directly through the site uh, or you know you can uh, look it up on IG on my Instagram profile at paidinfullpod. Just click the link in the bio. It'll take you right there. But um, every dollar matters. Uh, it counts. So uh, we, we really, really appreciate it. Also, if you're an artist, or songwriter, musician, or just someone who's aspiring to be in the music industry, um, and you want to tap into this fund and, and get some of the financial support, please get in touch with us. We're happy to uh, distribute. You know, as the money comes in, the money goes out to those in need and uh, it can go to copyright fees, you know, ASCAP or BMI fees, distribution fees, equipment, um, what, whatever you need it for. We do have a cap of $200. I would love to increase that. Um, and I'm just, you know, basically giving it out to, to what you guys need right now. But um, yeah, tap in and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll help you out as best as we can. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you for just participating in this. It's uh, super meaningful and something that I'm very proud to be doing and uh, helping the community. So thank you guys. Also, it's super hot. So I have a fan going on. If there's a little more background noise here than usual, bear with me, guys. I, I live in Oakland and I don't have air conditioning because it never gets above, you know, like 80 degrees here at most, but it's like the hottest weekend of all time. So uh, if there's a little background noise, uh, sorry, but uh, I just can't be doing this sweating. So uh, appreciate you guys bearing with that too. Now, on today's episode, we're going to talk about sampling, and I've gotten a lot of questions about this as well. I try to make every episode based on kind of recent questions that pop up organically and where I see some gaps or where I want to shed some more light on. And I think the world of sampling has come up because we've been talking so much about ownership of songs, um, whether you're licensing or leasing a beat um, from somebody, whether you're co-writing with somebody, whether... Uh, you know, you're trying to register or, uh, you know, register for copyright or register your songs with ASCAP or BMI and trying to determine your ownership and what that really means. And a lot of these questions come organically when I'm helping people through this process and they say, you know, let's register my song with ASCAP. I'm like, great. Who are the co-writers? They list the co-writers. And I always ask, does this song have a sample? Because ASCAP and BMI, they, they ask you that same with the copyright office. They ask you that when you register for a copyright. So, um, the, and most people, uh, I've gotten recently say like, yeah, there, there are samples there. I'm like, great. Did you clear them? No. All right. Well, you can't go forward with any of these steps unless you get those samples cleared. And, you know, there is a lot of information about out there about sampling. I know Wendy Day, uh, I think just a couple weeks ago did a really great video, um, in her 2020 vision, uh, series that she does on her Instagram profile. And um, I believe, I think it's on YouTube as well, but check out uh, Rap Coalition, Wendy Day, because she uh, she did a great little video about sampling, uh, especially for producers. And since I've got a lot of questions recently, I thought uh, it just kind of inspired me to make this episode dedicated to that so we can talk a little bit about ownership and a little more, bit more about copyright and how this all works and what you need to do and what you should do when uh, you're working with samples, because look, sampling is a big part of music, uh, all music, especially obviously with hip hop, 
but um, all types of music uses sampling. It's a great resource uh, to, you know, you, you want to honor copyrights. You want to honor songs. You, you are inspired by songs. You want to incorporate them into beats, into music. So sampling is, you know, it's not such this bad, big, bad, terrible thing. Sometimes sampling can be the most amazing thing that can happen, uh, that can happen to an old copyright where you revitalize it or you, you know, show it off to a new demographic or something that's never been heard before now gets to be a part of a brand new song and used in such a new creative way. So there are a lot of great things about sampling. I don't, I don't want to start this episode off by like, be super scared of sampling. Don't do it. You know, all these things, because my, my whole point is here is like when it comes to art, when it comes to creation, art is meant to be you know, coming from all different parts of inspiration, right? And if that comes from a sample and you have the uh, imaginative way of looking at it and reusing it and using it in a different way or um, just, you know, revisioning this or creating something new, that's a beautiful thing. Some of my favorite songs of all times use samples in the most like luxurious and grand way that I just love, that it's just so unique. And um, some, some of my favorite albums, like the Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique, which is like all sample based. And it's just the brilliance that comes from that is really powerful. So I love songs with samples. Let's just make sure that if you're going to use samples, you understand all the implications of it, what it really means and how to use it most effectively. So you don't get yourself in trouble. You don't get hit with legal fees um, or something down the line uh, that really affects you and also affects your money. All right. So that being said, uh, let's get into it. I'll start by just breaking it out. Like I always do. Look, there's two sides to every song, right? I say this a million times across all my episodes and I'm going to keep saying it, but let's break it out. There is the publishing song, that, uh, the publishing side. That's the, the, the songwriting, the composition. So when you write lyrics or when you write the music, the publishing is the underlying musical composition. All right. Then there's the sound recording. That's when the musical composition actually gets recorded, when you make a recording of the song. They're two separate things and they function as two completely separate copyrights. So right now, as you're listening to this, let's break it up into two sides. One copyright is the musical composition, the publishing side. We're going to keep that over to the right. And then the song, uh, the sound recording, which we're going to put to the left. That's the master, the recorded song. Okay. Two totally different things that happen. So when you sample a song, you're using copyrights from both the publishing and the sound recording. That's why this is so important. So let's take an example. Um, I'm just going to, the first one that comes to my mind is like James Brown, right? There's tons and tons, hundreds, if not thousands of songs that use samples from James Brown songs. And so just taking, um, just taking an example, let's think of Get Up Off of That Thing. We all know that James Brown song and that's been used. If you actually go to the website, whosampled.com, I love just chilling on that site. It's so great to just type in songs and see where they've been sampled. It's so cool. Go to whosample.com and uh, you know peruse that site and you can see where all these samples are being used. But when you use a James Brown song, let's, uh, let's break it down. So first you're using the actual sound recording. That's what you're hearing. And that sound recording was made by the record label. So James Brown record label uh, owns that recording and that recording is going into your song. That's what you're using the sample with. So when you're playing the James Brown song, 
and uh, you cut a, you know, chop it up and carve out the piece that you want to use, then you take that piece and put it into your beat. Maybe it's the drums, maybe it's the guitar part, maybe it's a shout, um, whatever part of the song, whatever loop it is, you're taking that, you're cutting it up and you put it into your beat and that's a sample. So that's the, the, the sound recording. That's what most people think about. However, you are also using the musical composition, the songwriting, because remember, songwriting is lyrics, melody, anything with the publishing that made that song, because the recording itself also uses the publishing. So James Brown's recording also uses James Brown publishing, right? And when we talk about publishing, that's all the songwriters that are involved. So let's say three different songwriters wrote that song that you're sampling. You have to get permission from all three of those songwriters, all three of their publishers, and the record label for the sound recording. So those are the different permissions, and I'm going to break it down a little more. But just to, to start this off, know that you have to get two types of permissions. First comes the sound recording. That's a permission to the record label. And then the publishing. Now, ultimately, um, both are incredibly important when you're using a sound recording. However, the publishing is always going to be the most important because that's the actual songwriting. And I'll get more into that in a bit. But let's, uh, let's, let's walk through this. So you use a sample the first thing you need to do if we're talking about sample clearance is you need to get permission from the songwriters, which are the publishers. Now, I don't care if you use one second or 10 seconds or an entire minute of a song, no matter how long you use, there's like a myth going around like, well, I only used under 10 seconds or I only, I only used under 30 seconds or I'm not selling it. That's another one I hear. Well, I can use a sample as long as I can put it out for free. It's just promo use. No, 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 not at all. Under copyright law, it protects all those rights. It doesn't matter if you're selling it. It doesn't matter if you use one second of it. You have to get that sample cleared. That's just the way it is. Otherwise, you are infringing on someone's copyright. All right. And there are things like fair use. There are things like parody. There are things like public domain. We're not going to spend time on that on this episode but those are totally different than how we're looking at an actual sample. All right. So when you're sampling, you have to get permission. Otherwise it's an infringement. Now I know many of you uh, look, I've, you know, also when, when I was an artist, I've been a part of songs that have used uncleared samples that were released. This stuff happens. And, uh, because you know, you don't want to go through the clearance process. You don't want to go get permission. Um, you may not have the budget, but you really like the song, you just want to put it out there, you think it's going to go under the radar. And often it can, you know, especially for independent uh, artists who are not, you know, you know, big yet, you're very early in your career and you just want to get stuff out. It can go unnoticed, but that's not necessarily an excuse to not get the clearance. You're running a huge risk. You are infringing at that point. You're breaking the law and that's just what you're doing. So you can either accept that and take that risk or not. I always encourage you to don't take the risk. It's not worth it at the end of the day. Now, what happens if you do take that risk, if you do put out songs there with samples in them and you release them, say they're on Spotify, they're on iTunes, they're all across, you know, on YouTube, everywhere else. And what's going to happen if you get caught, the copyright holders, whether it's the record label or the publishers or both, 
they're going to come at you. You're probably going to get a legal notice and it's going to be a cease and desist. It's going to tell you to take everything down immediately, remove it off all platforms. After you do that, it's going to be followed by some type of uh, legal settlement for damages or you know, they may even take you to court. Uh, usually these, these things can get settled out of court. Uh, you'll, prov- you know, you'll pay a fee, you'll transfer ownership. There's a lot of things that go there, but that's where you get hit financially um, in that settlement because you infringed and they require damages. So that would be basically what happens in a nutshell. It's a lot deeper than that. I just gave you the super general version, but essentially um, that's what would happen. Now, what, what you want to be careful of is you know, you may not have a huge fan base right now when you put out a sampled, uh, a song with a sampled use in it, right? Because you might just be getting your career started. Now, what if that song gets really, really big and starts to heat up? The last thing you would want to happen is to try to remove that off all platforms. Now, we've seen things, you know, um, that have happened, like I think Little Nas X is a great one to kind of point to when we talk about sample uses, because uh, there was a huge case with that where uh, he actually got a song off, I th- I want to say BeatStars, correct me if I'm wrong, he, uh, one of those sampled sites, uh, or one of those sites where you lease beats, and the song had a sample in it, and he didn't know it. So this song went out, and they had that like Nine Inch Nails sample. Um, when he put it out, I don't know all the details of the actual um, lawsuit or if there even was like a huge lawsuit, but basically his song wasn't taken down and they all settled after the fact because the song was huge and it was, you know, obviously doing really well for all the other uh, copyrights involved and uh, they just settled on it. But I don't know how, um, how it actually went down. But in that case, his song wasn't taken off all the platforms. They just went straight to, to settle and figure it out. So, but Legal ramifications can happen and it all depends on the current situation, but it's very risky and um, it can hurt financially. Even if your song does really well, I get that all the time. Well, if my song is doing really well and I'm making a lot of money, then I'll be able to afford to pay for the sample. No, that's not the right way to look at it. Uh, You're going to lose a ton of ownership likely in that. You're going to pay a ton of money that you you could have gotten for probably a lot less if you just did it the right way. And you also don't even want to run the risk that that song gets taken down because maybe the copyright holder, the person who you sampled, doesn't like the use. And they have a right to not have you put it out. Permission isn't granted automatically, and we're going to get right into that. So that being said, let's just segue into the permissions part. So if you use a sample, the first thing um, you want to do is go to the publishers. You can do it simultaneously and go to the label too, but let's first just talk about the publishers. So you want to research who actually wrote this song. So um, you can look that information up on ASCAP or BMI because they control most songs. You could also look under CSAC. That's where you'll find uh, the songwriters. There's also GMR, Global Music Rights. That's the other PRO. Any PRO is likely going to have the songwriter and publisher information. So Before you use a sample, let's say use that James Brown sample, type in the title on one of these sites and go and see how many writers are on there. Is it one writer? Are there five writers? How many different parties are are on that song that you're going to have to clear? And go to the uh, the original use, the original song. For example, if you listen to, let's say, a hip hop song, which had a sample in it and you're sampling it from that hip hop song, you want to go to the root. You want to go to the original sample. Where does that sample actually come from? What was the first 
um, you know, creation of it. And that's where you want to find out who the songwriters are. And that's the portion that you want to sample. So first find out who the songwriters are and see how, you know, try to look at how big of a problem is this going to be? Are there like 10 different writers? Are there only one? Um, get a gauge on that, but do your a little bit due diligence. And also, is this a huge song? You know, is this a really valuable, are you sampling a massive, massive song? Or is it a song that's kind of just obscure? Um, and, you know, it, it may not be out there as much. Uh, you know, oftentimes when songs are sampled a lot, they're a lot more valuable because they've been out there, they've been on major records. But if you try to get a more obscure song, a more obscure sample, it may not be as expensive because it doesn't have as much exposure, not as much competition. They can't necessarily raise the fee as higher. Um, I mean, look, the fee can be at whatever they want, but oftentimes more songs that have been in bigger songs are going to require higher fees. But that's the first place to start looking just to get some intel on where your sample comes from. Then, and that's on the publishing side. Now you have to look at the sound recording, the master, the record label. So to find the record label information, you can go online and research that. You can look under liner notes, um, Google it. You'll find where the record label um, and it, you know comes from. Uh, if the record label is no longer in existence, who owns it? Who took it over? Did it go up to a major? So let's say the record label, for example, was like Universal Music Group, you know, Universal Records. Uh, you would have to contact Universal Records because they're the ones who would control the master side. So you have to get permission from the publishers and songwriters first and the master side as well. And you have to have permissions from all of those parties to use that sample in your song. If one of those parties says no, then you can't use it. You can't, it's not like you got majority and one said no. Nope, it's either 100% or not at all. Um, and also just a side note, this is very different than uh, using samples from sites like Splice who provide, you know, you pay a fee and they provide kind of like these pre-cleared samples with um, that, that you can use. I'm talking about when you're pulling something like for, off a record or off an existing song that's already out there. Uh, and you're chopping it up and using a sample. So just side note there. Now, the way this works in terms of just ownership and what you have to pay, so there's a lot of different ways you can cut this pie up. Um, they can be based on percentage. They could be based on ownership. They could be based on fees. They could be based on a combination of all of them. So let's go talk about the publishing side first. Most of the time, pu a publisher is going to want to own part of your new song. They're going to want to take an ownership percentage. And if there's, let's just say there's one publisher that owns it, one songwriter and one publisher, they're going to say, all right, I hear your sample. You're using my song in that. So I want to own 30% of your new song. Well, you can try to negotiate that, you know, obviously everything's up for negotiation. But that just means they took an ownership. I've seen ownership as high as 90% because people never got the original one cleared. I actually have seen ownership of the entire song go. Um, that the publishers just said, look, you used my song without permission. And if we're going to settle this, I have to own it 100%. I've seen instances like that too. Now, but a publisher is uh, always going to want to take some type of ownership. Um, I've seen buyouts very, very, very rarely. But usually they'll, they'll take an ownership and now they will own part of that publishing. All right. So when you sample, 
you know in the clearance process, you're very, very likely to give up publishing ownership to the original copyright holders of the sample. Um, and honestly, like whether you use a significant part of the song or a more ex- extensive part of the song, that ownership really de- it depends on what they feel. You know, they can ask for really whatever they want. So you have to be careful there. Now, if there's multiple songwriters and multiple publishers, it gets a little deeper, right? Because one publisher might ask for 20%. The other one might ask for 30. The other one might ask for 40%. So they, you know, kind of negotiate amongst themselves, but it can start to add up really quickly in terms of how much of the song you're going to be relinquishing in terms of your publishing ownership. So say you, you wrote all the lyrics and you worked with your friend who did the beat. Well, at the end of it, once the sample is cleared, you might not just end up with a ton of ownership with your song. So that's something you have to be really, really careful about when you're thinking, how valuable is is this sample to your song? Is it really needed? You know, or can we do this, you know, um, you know, basically on our own? Can we create an original music with no samples? So this is where you have to start thinking about how valuable is the sample to your song? Um, and it might be very valuable, you know, it's, it, it often, uh, can be great. So, but these are just things to consider now also with the ownership, uh, publishers are usually, usually going to require in advance as well. So they'll say, not only do I want X amount of ownership, say like 30% ownership in the new song, but I also want a fee. So, uh, which comes in the form of an advance on royalties. So they'll say, pay me, you know, $5,000. Uh, so you'll have to cut them a check of $5,000 and give them 30%. Um, now they can break out royalties in different ways. They can structure things in different ways in the agreement. Like I said, there's a lot of ways to cut this pie up and negotiate it. But generally, it's uh, it's usually a combination of uh, an upfront advance fee plus ownership. That's very, very common on the publishing side. Now, but um, and also this is all contingent that they actually approve it. They may not even like the use that you used it and they can just say no. Or they could just say, this song is completely restricted from being sampled. It will never be sampled in any song ever. And they can just say no. So it's not automatic that they'll say, okay, you know, they'll jump right into negotiations. They could just deny the use too. Um, and that's very fair. So something else to consider that it may be a non-starter if the publisher is not going to um, agree or give you permission. Now, jumping, once you figure that out, say they give you permission and, and you negotiate that, you'll also want to be negotiating the master side as well, the person who controls the actual sound recording. Um, and that's from the record that you, you took the song from, the sample from. Now, a record company uh, can work very similarly to a publisher in terms of how they structure a deal. Uh, a lot of times, they uh, will want one in advance. So same thing, they'll say, um, you know, give me an advance on units or streams or just give me an advance on all royalties. So maybe you'll have to pay them another, you know, 5000 on the master side. Um, as an advance, they'll also negotiate some type of royalty rate. So after that advance recoups, you'll have to pay them a royalty or they'll just do rollover advances, which is kind of once it's recouped, you'll have to issue another advance. And um, you'll probably make have to make some different types of payments too for like AFM, the American Federation of Musicians payment. There's a couple different, you know, uh, things you have to contribute in there. They'll also probably have a structure to break out for sinks. Um different, different percentages for different types of kind of uses of the recording too. Um, 
So those you'll see kind of a mod podge of ways to structure that deal. But again, oh, and also they'll they'll likely take ownership too. That happens a lot of the times with the master side. Um, but I have seen many actually times where they just want an advance based on the re- and a percentage of revenue. That's also super common. So um, I've actually seen more f- on the label sides, labels not actually take ownership, them just getting revenue, a percentage of revenue, but publishing, usually I've always seen ownership. So it really, really depends. But again, these things can be structured in a lot of different ways. Now, I don't want to get too deep into how we structure these types of deals, right? But more importantly, what I really want you to think about is how valuable is this sample to your song? Because one, you're giving up ownership and two, you'll have to pay some money out of pocket and it could be in the thousands. So really, really think about that. How valuable is this to um, to your song? And, you know, this is the part where people, where, where a lot of artists just don't clear the sample because they can't afford it and they just want to roll the dice. But again, I do not recommend that at all. Um, I would think about other ways to figure out how to use this sample or look at some other alternatives, which uh, I'll talk about in a minute. But that's the the really most important thing you, you really need to think about is what does this really mean for your song and is this sample worth it? because you will need to create a new copyright. You will have to give up that ownership. And you can't register your songs anywhere without figuring out this sample clearance, because especially if you start collecting money without clearing a sample, you're just opening up the floodgates even more because you're proving that you collected income and you've been making money off this song while infringing. And that's just gonna you know, compound the damages. So, you know, and it's just like multiple layers of infringement that happen. Um, so I just, you know, especially now, like there's just so many options that you can do to take the right steps. Now, as an alternative, you can do what's called an interpolation or uh, replaying the sound. Now, this is a good method, a good option if you don't want to get permission from the sound recording, if you don't want to have to deal with giving up ownership or paying a fee for the sound recording. A lot of times you listen to a sample and say it's um, there's a melody there playing like from a guitar uh, that you really, really like, but you may not actually need to use the actual recording. Maybe you can just get a guitar player to play that line. And you can put an effect on it that sounds kind of, you know, uh, in the same way that you like, like maybe it sounds a little retro. Um, maybe you can get it sounding very similar to the sample, but you're not actually using the recording of the sample in your song. You're replaying it. You're interpolating it. Now, that means you don't have to get permission from the sound recording because you're not using it, but you still have to get permission from the publishing. But it's a good option so to make this less costly and less risky. So now the reason you have to get permission from the publishing, because remember with songwriting, melody is protected, uh, lyrics are protected, you know, the, the original musical composition is protected, but there's other things that are not necessarily protected like riffs, like common guitar riffs or common drum beats that can actually be replayed and you don't need to get permission from the publisher because there's things that are, uh, there's elements of music that is common enough that you, they may not require permission because they're not original to that song. Um, you have to be very careful about this. I think about 
a lot of uh, situations where it's, it can be a real sticky uh, situation thinking about what's common and what's not. The first one that I always think about is the song Under Pressure by uh, David Bowie and Queen. Uh, and it was used in Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. Um, if you haven't heard that, go check it out. But uh, when Vanilla Ice used that bass line, he uh, thought, thought that it was original enough because it varied very slightly, like changed super, super slightly. Um, but no, they, they totally he lost that, that lawsuit and uh, it was identical to this baseline. Now we think about, you know, we say, well, guitar riffs or musical riffs can't be held under copyright law, but the melody of the baseline that we heard there was so original. It was such an original melody with the syncopation, with the notes, with the keys, everything was original enough. So you know, um, you just have to be very, very careful. Oftentimes you can replay uh, drums because drum patterns, um, there's, you know, it's very, very hard to make a completely original drum pattern that hasn't used elements of something else before. There are cases where, you know, drum beats are just super original and will be held um, and considered under copyright law as songwriting. But there are times where you can replay that and not have to get copyright permission. So there are some ways around it. You still have to be super, super careful. Now, if you do want to interpolate a song, meaning you want to replay it, you still have to get permission from the publisher. And that's going to require, um, again, going to the publisher, getting permission, and you're probably going to uh, give up ownership on the publishing side. But if you grant that, or if they grant you permission, you can use it, you'll still own your sound recording. You don't have to go to the record label to get the sound recording permission. All right. So that's a good alternative option to try to reduce your costs and reduce your risk um, of using uh, you know, a part of a sample that you like, but you're just replaying it. You're not actually inputting the recorded sample into your song. Um, hopefully this is all making sense. I, I know it's kind of um, a convoluted process, but I'm trying to break it out as clearly as possible so you, un- so you know exactly what you need, you need to be looking out for and need to be doing when really thinking about samples because the last thing I want is for you to get in trouble, is for you to get an infringement, is for you to put marketing money, time, and effort into pushing a song only for it to get taken down and um, you know, re- restricted for you to, from you to use. Um, that would just be terrible. Also, it's really good practice for you to know how this actually works under copyright law and how much ownership you actually have and how much ownership can be jeopardized and taken from you by using a sample. So many people are like, I want to own my masters. I want to own my publishing. All right, we'll really think about uh, your samples then because you will relinquish some type of ownership when you use those samples. Now, another thing I want to touch on too is, um, again, a little bit with interpolation is lyric use. So if you use lyrics from another song and they are original to that other song you have to also get permission from the publisher to use those lyrics in your song now this is also a very very sticky part because lyrics aren't always original right to to a certain song let's uh, think of the phrase i love you there's tons of songs that have i love you in them there's tons of songs that rhyme girl and world there's tons of songs that um have very similar lyrics or very similar lines uh that that in phrases 
that are identical because they're just common phrases. But if you use lyrics from a song that are very specific to that song, then um, you'll have to get permission from the publisher to use that, uh, to use those lyrics in your song because that will count under the interpolation. So you also have to be sticky there. There's lots of different ways to look at this. So now thinking about um, the world of sampling, some things that you can do if you're getting a song from BeatStars, um, definitely make sure there's no samples in there. Really confirm that with the producer. If you're an artist that you're uh, you know, buying or leasing or licensing a beat, definitely make sure. Sometimes producers don't always disclose that. Uh, there is a sample, so definitely make sure if there's any samples there, be super careful of that. Uh, if you're working with a producer, if you're an artist and you're working with a producer, um, just outside and uh, they're delivering you beats, always ask, are there samples in this? Where do the samples come from? Are they cleared? Ask all those questions. You don't want to be blindsided by spending time recording an entire song, um, you know, and on all those efforts and resources to do that if there is a sample and it happens to, to be something that can't be cleared. Now, if you um, currently have songs with samples in them and, and this episode has made you kind of think about you know, you uh, clearing them and you want to get clearance, there's a, a great company. It's the industry standard. It's called DMG Clearances. Um, you could go to dmgclearances.com. The owner is a, a person named Deborah Manis Gardner. Um, she's the, the best at it. Uh, she handles every single type of clearance. Uh, you know, she's been doing this the longest and definitely a recommended resource to go to DMG Clearances. Uh, you could also hire uh, lawyers to do this. There's some music lawyers out there that can do it. But um, in terms of just kind of affordable, fast, reliable, trustworthy sources, I always tell people to go to DMG Clearances. It is the standard. Get in touch there. They'll walk you through the process of exactly what it would take to get cleared um, and, and the steps and the fees and the cost and things to, to really think, of, think about. But overall, do things the right way. Be professional about it. Get your samples cleared. Honestly, it's a really great habit to get into. It's the law. You need to do it and honor those songs that are making your creation better. Um, making sure th- those people get paid and you get you know their permission. Because imagine if it happened to you, if you created a song, somebody used your work in their song and they're profiting off it, you probably wouldn't like that. So um, I know it can be expensive. And if that's just a barrier for you right now and you just don't have the cost to clear these samples, then really I would encourage you to find an alternative, okay? Then when you're in a place where you can use samples and you can afford it, uh, cross that bridge at that time. But there's a lot of ways to make music. There's a lot of resources there um, out there. There's, like I said, now services like Splice that are making samples really, really easy and um, accessible. So tap into all this stuff, but do things the right way. Don't infringe on copyrights. And uh, and if you have any questions uh, or, or wanna run you know, your your personal situation by me, uh, you can hit me up at uh, paidinfullpodcast.com. You can send me a message through there. You can uh, hit me up through IG, Instagram at paidinfullpod and send me a DM. I'm also on Twitter. I got to be better about posting on Twitter, but I'm also at paidinfullpod there. Uh, connect with me. I'm out there. I'll, I'll walk you through whatever you need to and answer any questions. Also, I've been offering coaching that's been going really great for those who've been participating. If you want to participate in some coaching, 
sit down, let's chat. I'm down. Let's I like this information is totally free. No strings attached. I'm, I'm here literally to help you guys. So um, I want to see you win. Tap in, schedule some time with me, jump on my calendar. You could do that also from my website. And um, yeah, let's, let's continue to help each other. Uh, continuing to to put all our knowledge into this community. You guys inspire me to do this every single week. And uh, I really, really appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. And until then, I will see you on the next episode. 